welcome to the quarter to three games podcast for uh, the end of May 2019. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Left for Dead. This is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Layers of Fear. And uh, this is Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, McMaster, I thought I was going to preempt you, but you cleverly sneaked out. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 jumped right in it. All right, well, Mr. I Big did. Shot, why isn't Left 4 Dead 2 your game of the week? What else could you be playing that's as good as Left 4 Dead 2 in terms of shooting a bunch of zombies with me at your side? Uh, well, there's this game that uh, came out recently called uh, World War Z. Ew, based on the dumb Brad Pitt movie that was written by Damon Lindelof? Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so, actually. I, I actually. I've never seen the movie uh, or read you're, the books. You're but... not missing anything in either situation. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought that might be the case. Um, I'm not... I'm not opposed to it, but I'm, I'm kind of zombied out for the most part anyway, so... Oh, that's right. Nothing uh, like a... I'm sure after Days Gone, you're, you're ready for a lot more open... Like, zombie shooting, right? You probably didn't get your fix oh in the God. 60 hours of Days Gone that it took. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, not at all. Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's my only problem with, with World War Z is it's like... All I've done is play zombie games for quite some time now. That's what I feel. McMaster, I think that's the life of Riley. You're doing it right. Yeah, it really is, uh, you know. Uh, but no, uh, as, as you were saying, we've we've played together some. World War Z is a, a lot of fun. It's uh, and it's classes, which I think are interesting that you level up, and that's kind of the main difference between it and Left 4 Dead, really. Uh, I, well, I th- and how big of a deal is that to you? Uh, actually, I think it's interesting, but I don't know how big of a deal it is. Uh, is it a? I think it's probably a hook for other people more than it is me. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not opposed to it. I'm for it, not against it. For so, for uh, folks who haven't played it, what what kind of classes are there, and what like is there a, a healer, a DPS, a tank? What kind of classes you got? What are they doing? You know, uh, there, there's a number of them. It's like the one I play most is slasher, which is a melee class, and mm-hmm. uh, at the point that I'm at now, it gives everybody in my party extra attacks before you get tired and all that stuff, and it's just all like kind of melee based. But there's a few others. I think the one that everybody starts with is gunslinger. I think it's just like the the generic. Uh, intro class um then there's like hellraiser which is kind of a crowd control guy and there's medic and what does the hellraiser get to uh, do it's like, like um uh, you know grenades and stuff uh c4 uh, they're the ones that they can start with c4 and stuff like that oh is that what i was playing okay do they have the shotgun um, is it the shotgun in the c4 class it might be wait i thought you were playing fixer so I re- I started a new fit. So you I think you're I think you're uh downplaying what's a huge deal in this game and that is the classes uh, because because yeah. I don't there's no like you can look at a screenshot of this and think yeah okay it's left for dead but with modern graphics with more zombies but I, I there's no analog to it, it, since left for dead 2 co-op shooters like uh what's the Warhammer one with the rats uh, Vermintide. Uh, yeah, so they've picked up more on modern game design principles in terms of giving players a sense of advancement and progression, uh, giving them different kinds of tools to use. Uh, in Left 4 Dead 2, when you play, it's just whatever you find laying around on the ground. One character is as good as any other. You're never leveling anything up. And I think that was fine back in the day. 
But I find it hugely gratifying to level up the different classes in World War Z specifically because I think they make a big difference. And you were one of the folks to help me realize that, McMaster, in that we played a few times, and I was playing a class that just had a shotgun and, and C4, and right. I could unlock things every now and then, and the C4 was super useful. You chuck it out there, and you, whenever you're ready, you press a button, and it'll blow up a bunch of zombies. And, of course, a shotgun. Who doesn't want to start with a shotgun? But right. as we were playing a few times, and we bumped up the difficulty level one increment, uh, we started to get in situations where it was pushing back and it was getting difficult and the last time we played uh we failed because we didn't defend one of these gates we had to defend um right so as we're playing this and as we're going along and as we realize we failed this one at these certain er these certain scripted moments where you have to defend stuff there are these uh, like tower defense sequences and there are mm -hmm. locked areas that you can't get into unless you've luckily found a breaching charge along the way and we didn't find one so when we failed i couldn't help but think well gosh if only we'd gotten into that locked container maybe we would have been able to survive that last attack and then you pointed out oh well one of the classes if you level it up right. the fixer starts with a breaching charge so right. uh, uh and mcmaster i um, apologize to tell you this, I probably should have let you know in advance, but uh, I leveled up my fixer without you. Oh, no. Yeah. So oh. now I can bring along a breaching charge <laughs> next time we play, and we can save That's it for awesome. one of those difficult bits. And and also I'm finding, too, playing with the scouting rifle, anybody who's played a game like Left 4 Dead or with Gunplay realizes this, of course, but a shotgun is very different than using these assault rifles and the scouting rifle, where the shotgun, you just point in the general direction, but the scout rifle, you're kind of aiming at the shoulder level slightly above for all the yeah. zombies to get headshots. And it's just a different kind of gunplay uh, that I just find really gratifying, and you're leveling the guns up as well, and you're unlocking new skills. Uh, and also when we played, I had played a few times where you get, you know, you get four melee hacks, and then you're exhausted. So if you get yeah. glommed on by a bunch of zombies if there's more than four you're kind of going to be in trouble but when i was playing with you and i probably didn't even realize this till you pointed it out i got six of them i have six melee right. hacks that i can do because you were the fixer and because a lot of the things that advance in each of the classes benefits the entire party um so i love yeah. the class system and it would make it really hard for me to go back to uh left for dead yeah that is a good point i mean it's like the the thing that's that's kind of interesting too is like that yeah some of the skills uh, I think it's like every ten levels they are mm -hmm. or uh, actually I think it's, it's like five ten every... and twenty I think five ten fifteen okay. and twenty yeah right so it's like but the, every so and so you, you get like a, a bigger skill and that one always almost always at least I think affects the whole party um, and that's what the different classes do too they all start with something that uh, helps as well. Right. Um, but yeah, as you level up the classes, yeah, you get more and more stuff. And um, you know, another thing that I, I noticed that or like that we we discovered was yeah, if you increase difficulty, yeah, it's harder, but you do get more rewards even when yes. you fail. Yes. You get better rewards. So yes. um, it's easier to kind of get to that point. Um, and I definitely noticed because we were we were wondering about this uh, as you get to I think there's five difficulty levels and we're starting to play in the second but as you get to the third fourth and fifth difficulty level uh, the issue of friendly fire becomes increasingly important which right. uh, I, I think it would make the gameplay a lot like I can right now just hug grenades wherever you're standing and if you walk in front of me while I'm shooting zombies yeah big deal you're, you know you blocked my shot get out of the way but it doesn't really hurt you uh, I think as we go up the harder difficulty levels with leveled up characters and have to start paying attention to friendly fire 
I think it'll feel very different, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, funny because like uh, the class I'm playing is the slasher. Because uh, I, I don't know, I just love melee and zombie games. Um, it's really satisfying to me for some reason. And um, the class, like some of the skills that I've purchased, reduce the amount of friendly fire damage if I'm melee. Oh, so, okay, McMaster. So it's so, okay for me to just unload yeah. a shotgun when you're in front of me. Right. If I'm swarmed <laughs> by something, you know what I mean. Opal. I'm totally, I'm totally fine with that. Okay. Just, just want to make it know. public. You have announced that it's okay if I'm shooting you when friendly fire is turned on. Good to know. <laughs> and it's like, you know, another thing I, I like about that class, too, and they all have their little perks, is that it ups the amount of zombies it requires to swarm you. Because uh, there is a certain number. If you get surrounded by eight zombies normally, they will you'll get hauled down, and they have to be removed from you. Like in the incapacitated state, right, yeah. R- right, right. It's it's kind of like being jumped on by one of the, the you know, whatever, the creepers or whatever. Right. And, um, and then, for, but for the slasher, it's 12. And oh. with all the extra attacks, it's a lot easier to be able to just like wade in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's I thought those perks were kind of funny because yeah, that reduces the amount of damage that I'll take even at max level to like not a lot from being shot if I'm swinging my weapon. To hear you explain that, McMaster, it makes me realize that a lot of this stuff isn't presented to a new player. Like you could just jump no. in and play a few levels of this, which is what I did at first, and have no idea about some of these systems being in oh, there. Yeah. Uh, and I oh, think yeah. it w- it would benefit people uh, and there's nothing there's no tutorial or anything or even a tooltip that points you to do this, but it would benefit people to look through the different classes and read what their different perks are so then they would be aware of some of these different gameplay systems. Yeah, and it really does not um, do that uh, for you. I didn't notice it at first either. I played a fair bit with uh, our friend Josh Marshall when it came out, and um, and I, I guess after a while I was kind of looking, and I'd spent all my points and all that, and I was looking around. I was like, what the hell else can I use these for? And I was like, oh, there's classes. So right. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> It does not tell you that, honestly. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, and if you played, it's like Tom said, you start with a shotgun and some stuff. It's not like it's weird, and you can swap weapons out as you go through the level. So, so yeah, you unlock for your classes different skills, and there's tiers of them as they, they go up, and you can pick one from each tier. And that's one thing that you use your zombie bucks on. But then you can also upgrade specific weapons, which, you know, you can upgrade your starting weapon and you can upgrade the weapons that you find along the way. So that if I were to pick up a battle rifle that has certain upgrades, it's better for me than if you pick it up because you didn't pay for those upgrades. So there's like two separate tracks of progression, one dependent on class, one completely independent of class and based on whichever weapon you want to lean towards in the game. Um, So another thing, McMaster, that I think makes a big difference for me uh, it being in third person, because because uh, you, you know Left 4 Dead is first person, um, but especially for oh, yeah. you too playing melee, like it's got to be there's oh, much yeah. more situational awareness in a melee situation in a third person perspective. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's a lot easier now. I mean, the difference being, of course, like but Left 4 Dead, you never, you never. I don't think you ever got tired of swinging. No, you did have stamina. It just it took a lot more than it does in World War Z. We'll put it that way. Um, but all the weapons kind of broke really easily. Um, so, you know, this and that. Like, that's one thing that I do find interesting that's different is there's a couple of weapons that are one-shot in that game, but the chainsaw lasts forever. Yeah. <laughs> it does not stingy with chainsaw fuel. Yeah. I appreciate that, you know, because every other game you get, like, three swings and it's dead. Nothing, you can clear a whole freaking base. Yeah. 
that's delicious. Um, um, what what do you think of what's in the upper left? No, right hand corner. No, right hand corner. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to remember now. That radar display. Like, there's nothing like that oh, in Left 4 Dead. I love yeah. that thing because it shows you, like, if you don't – in Left 4 Dead, I'm constantly, like, looking around. Where's things coming from? And, like, I mean, it's maybe a cheat, but there's a radar display in the upper right-hand corner that lights up red when there are zombies in any direction. And any time there's one within a certain proximity of you, the center of it lights up. And it also shows you where your teammates are and where any pickups are. Um, I just love that kind of situational awareness in a game about getting swarmed. It makes it much – clearer oh. for me like which way to be looking for zombies and it kind of for, the way i justify it is the zombies are noisy so you always hear them they're like rage zombies who are always snarling and yelling at you and they're not quiet uh, muted zombies they won't surprise you you'll always know what direction they're coming from and i love that radar display yeah i mean another part of it too is we are all it's we're not like a bunch of just civilians that survived an onslaught a lot of the times you're kind of like what uh, some sort of special forces kind of people or some sort of you know mcmaster you may not realize this every character has an origins video i'm sure they do (laughs) it does when you when you complete a mission if you from the main screen you can go to your it's called your collection and you can look at what weapons you've upgraded and what skills you've unlocked for each class and then there's a panel for each character and anytime you finish a level with a character you unlock the little origin video and they're actually kind of they remind me of the origins videos in agents of mayhem they're not as good but it's that same thing it's like stylized animated artwork it's just a little you know 10 10 15 second intro about where they come from um and and that by the way to me is the most world war z thing about this game the the max brooks book world war z is basically a collection of short stories some of which are interesting about a zombie apocalypse at various places around the world from various perspectives uh and the movie is is just nonsense it's a crappy brad pitt vehicle uh it doesn't bring much to it's just it 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 stretches disbelief. Ridiculous things happen. It has a, a just laughable finale. Um, but the point of World War Z is a zombie apocalypse that is that you visit various places around the world with different kinds of characters rather than the traditional, hey, we're going to follow this one band of survivors. Uh, right. And to, to me, the, the game with those little intro screens and with the fact that each level is a culturally different geographical location with four different characters that to me captures the spirit of what world war z intended to be the the book originally um so so, the one thing mm -hmm. in the movie Mm -hmm. that kind of differentiates the movie from most other zombie yes uh, apocalypse kind of stuff is of course, Brad Pitt's Pepsi drinking scene. Oh, you're um, gonna say, oh, so... Nick, you're, you're so terrible. <laughs> Here's what I was wondering. <laughs> oh God. Are the health packs in this game Pepsi? Pepsi. I don't even uh, know what scene you're talking about. What is Brad Pitt's Pepsi drinking scene in World War Z? Oh my God, that's the whole ending of the movie. He okay. So spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. At the end, Brad Pitt makes a cure, and I'm not going to go into the cure, right. or not the cure, but it's something that will make the zombies avoid you. Okay. And in the scene, he kicks a Pepsi machine in a hallway at the CDC, and the Pepsi can comes out, with the noise attracts a bunch of zombies, they come running down the hall at him, 
and he calmly picks up his Pepsi and luxuriates in the cold, crisp refreshment of Pepsi as the now sensory-deprived zombies come running past him, and they I... don't attack him. So it's this is his, like, ah, I'm victorious. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so glad that I blocked that from my memory. That's okay. yeah, <laughs> Although, Nick, you could so, say the so health kits are... It, pretty good to me. Yeah, the health kit animation sometimes is, uh, I think all the time maybe, is taking a, a jar of some liquid and then pouring it all over your presumably wounded arm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it could like be Crystal missed, Pepsi. Right. I feel like it's a missed opportunity for, yeah. for, a, for a merchandising tie-in. They really, they really blew it. Well, Nick, I'm really disappointed. I thought you were going to talk about the huge zombie swarms piling yes. up. Actually, that is what I was going to say. So the, <laughs> you trolled the movie, us. I think, I think the imagery that everyone remembers from the movie, even if you only saw the trailer, is giant piles of zombies just, yeah. you know, very, like army ants piling yeah. against walls to get past obstacles. Do they do that in the game? Oh, boy, do they. I, that's yeah. another thing too that uh, this is I'm so spoiled. The size of the hordes in this, and the way that the open levels show you the hordes coming from a distance, uh, yeah, is it's just cool. fantastic. Like it, it's Dead Rising levels of of zombie masses, and I I yeah. love that about it. That's um, great. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's pretty cool. I mean, that's the thing that attracts you to it initially, and one of the first things they show off, even you know, it's like the first level you do, you're in this uh, high rise in New York, yeah. and you get down to the um, get down to the hall, like the 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 lobby and you have to set up this kind of defense and the security gates drop across the doors and you just see like this like massive wave of zombies like piling over the buses and everything and then start kind of like it is like a tsunami yeah. it's like it is like yeah. a, literally like a wave yeah yeah it's crazy and it's just you know everything's just covered in zombies and some of the later levels have it do it even cooler with like the the more more further off parts like in israel you have like the mountain range off in the distance where you see them kind of pouring almost like a waterfall kind of thing into the it's bizarre i mean i can't think of any game that does zombies that way mcmaster like i i that I, i think a lot of games would want to but this is the first game i've seen that really does like a literal wave of zombies you know, there are those weird hordes in Days Gone, and Dead Rising has a whole, like, a ton of them shuffling around, but just this onslaught yep. of running zombies just tumbling over each other and falling over things and, you know, breaking up around cars like rocks in a river. Like, it's amazing how how, how well they did that. And it's not just a graphics cheat, too, because you're shooting at them, and you're seeing them move towards you the whole time, and they come up, and they're individual zombie models. Um, so, yeah, it's some fantastic tech. Uh what, what engine is that, by the way? Do we know? It's probably Unity. It probably is. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. So, so I have mm-hmm. a limited amount of time on my plate to level up a character in a Horde game. Yep. Give me the skinny. World War Z, Strange Brigade, or Vermintide? Wow. McMaster, what would you say? That's a fantastic question, by the way. At least from my perspective, it's two-thirds of a fantastic question. I haven't played Vermintide. I like Vermintide a lot. Uh, so if, if the choice is World War Z, Stranger Gate, or Vermintide, and uh, you have to – how would you – okay, so you have to just pick one. Um, oh, yeah. yeah he's got I limited time on his plate, McMaster. Right. Yep. I, so, I can only so, level up one dude. Yep. Uh, I mean, I guess it comes down to how much you liked Left 4 Dead. Um, like – I like Strange Brigade, but I, I like I think I like World War Z more. Um, as far as uh, Vermintide goes, that's a weird one though. Uh, 
Because Vermin, Vermintide is a, it's a whole different experience. I think I would still go with World War Z just because I like the setting. Yeah, I, and as a huge Strange Brigade fan, I, I really like the charm that Rebellion put into that. I like some of the variety yeah. in it. But there's nothing like – you could also play Strange Brigade alone, but uh, there's yeah. nothing – and you could play, by the way, World War Z with just bots works fine. Yeah. Like they're, they're does, good, yeah. but they'll die. You need to keep them healed up. Uh, I love – you could. I love playing solitaire uh, solo World War Z. So I would easily pick World War Z over Strange Brigade, despite the charm that Strange Brigade has. I feel like World yeah. War Z is just much more of a solid game design with character progression and unique uh, combat with the, those hordes of zombies. So easily yeah. World War Z for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I guess Strange Brigade has such a great. Um... It does have a lot of personality, and it's got really high points, but it has much more lower points than I think World War II. There's a bit of, there's still a bit of, uh, I mean, a lot less than normal, but there's a bit of rebellion jank in Strange yep. Brigade still. <laughs> rebellion. Oh yes. <laughs> you know they were so good at hiding that and obscuring it in their, that that last sniper game, but there's it, it's back a little bit in Strange Brigade. So. Oh my God. Yeah. No, their sniper games are really top notch. The rest of it, uh, it's got a little jank going on. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt. So, uh, so McMaster and I tried to get Nick to play World War Z with us, and we got an email. So I'm gonna—I don't think I'm paraphrasing that much, but here's how Nick Diamond responds when you try to get him to play World War Z. He says, uh, uh, "No dogs, yo, gotta blast some muties." Yeah, that sounds about right. That, 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 that was right. pretty much exactly what he wrote to us when, yeah, when he explained. Word, he, yeah. He, yeah, he was playing Rage too. Yo, gotta blast some muties. So, Nick, it's, what it's game? It's the dogs that makes you know it's authentic. <laughs> Why are you talking to us like that, Nick Diamond? Uh, because Rage 2 is filled with extreme to the max. Oh, God, isn't it, though? <laughs> it is. It, it does is. have a kind of Mountain Dew quality, yeah. It, it feels oh, yeah. like the aesthetic of it feels like uh, late 90s, early 2000s X Games. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Dayglow Mohawks and crazy armor and smiley faces with skulls and just... All the ridiculousness you can you can wring out of that X Games Mountain Dew aesthetic, uh, and then combined with uh, Far Cry New Dawn and Mad Max, really. I, I also yeah, and I think they're also trying to get a little bit of that Borderlands quirkiness, but they kind of oh. overshot the target. Oh, <laughs> the humor's terrible, dude. Yeah. Oh my this god, awful. <laughs> I, I like. I actually, I, I've streamed a lot of my time with Rage 2, so it's like there's been a lot of times where people have just been watching me play going, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know who wrote this. I, I hope they don't sleep well. Oh, the story is, good. <laughs> the story is so bad. So the the shooting and and the, the, the actual movement and the combat encounters are great. Oh, yes. But it feels like the rest of the game is fighting you constantly on that yeah. stuff. You mean with uh, the story or, stuff? You mean, yeah, well, yeah. the story stuff. And then even – okay, so one of the things it does, and it's pretty smart, is uh, very quickly it gives you a full toolbox of toys uh, or yeah. a toy box of toys. Um, so it gives you a bunch of powers uh, you know, that you can use on the, uh, on the one hand, and then it gives you a whole bunch of weapons that you can use um, – 
and throws a whole bunch of different enemy types at you, right? Guys with jetpacks, guys who do a lot of sliding. There's giant ones. There's dudes that run around. Uh, there's more melee-focused guys, etc. cetera. Uh, it puts them into these little encounter areas, which are their bases or whatever. Um, it's not quite as well put together as the uh, what Bethesda referred to as their uh, skate park uh, attractions in... Uh, the Doom 2016, um, but they're little discrete areas, right? Bandit camps and whatnot, where the AI enemies can like run around and scramble up and down the the hallways and come at you in different ways. Um, but uh, then it does things like it puts timers on all your powers, and your basic assault rifle and your shotgun that you get very early in the game are pretty much the best weapons uh, yeah. rest of the for the rest of the combat game. So, <laughs> yeah. it, like, for one of the things, one of the early powers it gives you is sort of an open-hand, like, Buddhist palm electro-zap that, you know, will knock the armor off the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great, except now I gotta run up to the bad guys, or I could just stand back and blast the armor off of them with the shotgun or the assault rifle and kill them faster than Mm -hmm. if I used the slap. (laughs) So it's almost a disincentive to using the slap. But then the game adds another layer, which is that as you kill bad guys, they drop, uh, they call it feltrite in the game, but it's little blue vials of methamphetamine, I guess, that fly (laughs) out of these guys. (laughs) And... Uh, that's your healing mechanic, and it's also your loot, basically. It's your money uh, in the game. So uh, it behooves you to be close to these guys when you kill them because uh, the Feltrite hits the ground, and then it blinks, uh, and I think you have like maybe two or three seconds to pick it up. If you don't pick it up, it goes away. Oh, you've lost it. Um, But that's part of your healing mechanic. So sort of like in Doom 2016, your... You know, the mechanic very much encourages you to keep pushing forward and not snipe um, and, oh, yes. and, you know, keep engaging the bad guys, which is good. But <laughs> then on the flip side, the, you know, your shotgun and your powers are most of them are focused from a distance. So. Yeah, you can run up, but then the melee guys will kill you quickly, at least if you have the difficulty cranked up high. Uh, or you can stand back and shoot at them, and but then you take the chance of missing out on the methamphetamine that flies out of them. Right. Uh, so it's a, it's a little bit of a choice there, but Ye- then you couple that with the open world that just sort of barfs a whole bunch of locations at you, uh, and they're... Like, they're ridiculously kind of samey. Like Wait, just... hold that thought, because I want to talk about those locations, but I want to get back to that combat loop that you mentioned. Um, because I, I think what you're seeing here, Nick, is... Uh, and this is an issue for a lot of games that want to be... You know, you used the word toy box earlier, that want to give you a lot of toys, a lot of different tools and ways to kill bad guys. But without some sort of adjustable difficulty level that encourages you somehow to make the game harder and therefore forces you to take advantage of different tools, you end up just using the shotgun and the assault rifle. And I completely agree with you. If you play on normal, and that's what I do, you, 
Bethesda, and this is one of my rants that I'll try not to hit too hard again, but Bethesda, when you start the game, says, hey, do you want easy, normal, or, or hard? And you can change any time you want during the game. It's totally up to you to tune how difficult it is to kill enemies. And so th there's no incentive in this game to not just leave it on normal and then easily kill things with the shotgun and the assault rifle. Uh, yeah. But I think if they had some sort of adjustable difficulty or some sort of trade-off for how much experience points you got or even something dynamic going on under the hood that would encourage you, you, that would encourage you to use different tools – I feel like they're, they're kneecapping themselves. They've got all these different interesting enemies and ways to interact with them, but there's no incentive to do anything other than shoot them with a shotgun and an assault rifle. Uh, well, I mean, I, I play, I've been playing on hard because I, I don't know. It, normal is too easy. And um, Yeah, I have it on hard too, yeah. And I'll say, you know, it's, to me at least, it's easier to kill them with melee for the most part uh, because it takes less shots or less hits. But then you have to be next to them, which is kind of a bummer in that game sometimes. Yeah. Well, like, one, of the, one of the weird things is, for example, one of the mechanics they have is there's a whole car collecting thing going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, collect all these different cars. The only damn car that's worth anything is your starter car. Right. <laughs> and in fact, it's the only car that has a skill tree associated with it. Well, you know so... why they want you to collect the cars, though? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's to get the little five. Right. Uh, five it's a way to get the. the it's a, it's a way to upgrade your car. Is It's the reliable way to get parts to upgrade you. <laughs> They've got all these different, like, progression tracks. And the progression oh, track so for your many. badass car is collect other cars, I think. And there's even a skill, and I don't know why you'd waste skill points on this, that gives you extra money when you turn in a car. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Who, who would waste weird. a skill that... point on that? Yeah. Yeah, who would do that? Um, but well, yeah, it's like, one of the weird ones too. If you if you follow if you follow the map and you're not previewing the skills beforehand, the person that gives you that skill is probably the last person you go to in that sequence because it's got the three people, right? Like, hey, right. it's the crazy mad doctor and the 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 uh, the daughter of uh, I think it's John Goodman's daughter, isn't it, from the first game? Wait, um, what? Why are you paying that kind of attention to the characters? <laughs> There's, to I, me, bushy well, beard guy, so redheaded lady, and Dr. Crazy Guy. <laughs> well, Dr. Crazy Guy is directly from the first game. And oh, he, he is? He, yeah, wow. he's directly from it. The mayor, oh. uh, the the woman mayor is, uh, she's, so she's the same girl that gives you the boomerang thing in the first game. Why do you remember stuff from the first game? That's so weird. Because I'm dumb. <laughs> Some dumb, yeah, and I think she's the daughter of John Goodman's character, or maybe not, I don't know, but she's definitely the girl that gives you the boomerang, which, okay. there's another thing, the boomerang, I hardly ever use the thing. Right. Again, <laughs> right, because it's a tool, like, it should encourage you to use that, and that's one of, like, it's cool when you upgrade it, but it's basically, I might as well shoot things, like, uh, right, I might as yeah. well just shoot them in the head, it's yeah. faster and more reliable. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what, so, I guess you're kind of explaining for me why it's then called Rage 2, because it, it playing it, like, it, I don't, I don't see any continuity with the original no. Rage game, no. which was an id shooter where they experimented with also adding vehicles to the level, yeah. and it felt completely superfluous if you had Borderlands, like, there seemed to be no reason to play Rage, uh, so I, I think Bethesda is just desperate to, to cultivate some new, uh, IP, so they called it Rage 2. 
Um, uh, but if they're using this... story elements from the first game, well, I didn't realize that, so there you go. But this game has, like, the clunkiest opening I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Boy, oh, that's pretty rough. so yeah. rough. Hey, the, the bad guys are attacking. Who are you, male or female? Okay, get out there. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, Who that are was, these people? What pretty, am I doing? Pretty accurate, yeah. That's pretty accurate, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and that so, game is strange because, like, the actual levels, like, there are a couple that I thought were really cool. Like, uh, I really liked the kind of like there's one that's like an, a band out of town that the Raiders took over. And then there's a few underground places I thought were cool. Um, but you know, when I, and when you're killing and going nuts in those places and using all your powers and stuff, the game is a lot of fun. Well, it's a fantastic yeah. engine. Like, uh, the, I, I think like this being from Bethesda, I don't see how they can look themselves in the mirror using <laughs> the the embryo engine or whatever they call uh, that thing that does Skyrim yeah. and their fallouts. Uh, like, this this is a beaut- – I mean, it's Avalanche Studios, and these guys have been doing the Just Cause games. They did Mad Max. And even if you don't like their Just Causes, the 3 and 4, which are, kind of have their own issues, these guys make a great engine, and it's their engine and not this crap – like, I, I don't see after playing Rage 2 how I could ever go back into one of those Fallout games. Uh, it's just it's, this is a beautiful engine and it supports vehicles. You can fly in this game, which is astonishing to me. You can get yeah. in a plane hovercraft thing, get way above the air, even in the jungle area. This thing has jungles in it, and you can fly over them. Like that's amazing to me. It's an it's an amazing engine, uh, I think. And Bethesda, yeah. if they don't, Bethesda, does Fallout seventy six use that embryo engine, oh, McMaster? Oh, yes. Uh, Good yeah, yeah. lord. So. So think of this too. How are they still I doing mean, that? Yeah. They acquired it when Carmack worked there. Like Carmack was <laughs> working there when they acquired it, and he had to work there for a good while. So what did they do? Nothing. I guess he screwed around with his headsets and stuff because <laughs> they didn't give him anything to do, and he left. So like, how? Yeah, Does apparently, that th- that's the thing. Apparently, no one at Bethesda or ZeniMax paid any attention to Carmack for yeah. the year that he was there, right? Like, I-, I imagine them sipping lattes and walking past his office and going, hey, John, what you doing? And he's standing there with the, you know, the Rift headsets on, and, and he's, mm, I'm working, and they're like, yeah, all right, great, man, whatever. High five, bro. <laughs> It's just, now, it just doesn't make sense. Doom was a, the id tech engine, right? Was that their, their... – Yeah. Okay. So they've that's, got that id tech engine. That's last – yeah. That's, okay, that's and they've got this thing from, from Avalanche. Yeah. So Fallout 76 really is that old and busted usual Fallout yeah. Skyrim engine. Huh. Yeah. Good lord. And it's like why wouldn't – I mean, okay, you know, say what you will about certain people. But Carmack is, is an engineering genius. He is that. So like – even if you wanted to keep using that engine, just give it to him for a bit. Let him fix it. He probably can. He fixed everything else. You know, <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't understand why you couldn't just let him fix it. You but know what, what he what can't I... fix? He can't fix canvas bags. That's the problem. No, oh. he can't fix Zenimax's <laughs> horrible, bullshit, unethical business practices. And I don't think anybody can do that unless maybe Todd Howard goes in there and just, like, goes all crazy. Well, I get the sense when I'm playing Rage 2, it doesn't feel like a Bethesda game. It feels like an early Ubisoft game for well, how not. they do how they do the open world and how clunky the narrative is. Like it feels yeah. to me just like early Ubisoft 
as they're working their way eventually towards Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, it feels almost like uh, Far Cry 3. Yeah, yeah. With the super goofy story and then, you know, just that not a great sense of progression because it just I, I mean really within four hours you've seen everything in rage 2 you're gonna see like you've got all the toys you probably have most of your weapons unlocked that you're gonna use and you've seen all the different enemies and it's so uh, the other thing that's weird is how quickly the main quest is done Oh really? Because I haven't. I I got everyone to level like I you you have the three tracks of advancement for the quest: the redheaded lady, crazy scientist guy, beardy dude. Yeah. You do one quest for them, and then it unlocks a progression track for that character. And then you right. get to level five in that track, and it unlocks a new story mission. Uh, and then I guess there's one at ten. But I'm at the point where everybody's at level five. Like, am I close to finishing the main? Yeah. Once I do their next missions, I finish the main storyline. You're almost done. You're huh. almost done. It's okay. so weird. Like, it feels like I finished it, and I thought, oh, this is the part in an Ubisoft game where, you know, this is the part where now Ubisoft says I have to grind, right, for right. 10 levels or whatever, right? Which they kind of do in Rage 2. They do the five. Oh, you got to – you're, like, level two when you get this mission. It's like, oh, come back when you're level five. You're like, all right, whatever. Takes you, like, three missions or three bandit camps to get that high. Um so then you do the, the story mission for each one of them, and then it tells you to do another little bit of a grind, and then you do another story mission, and then it's done. <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, uh, oh, this is not the part where I'm supposed to grind a level 20 or something. This is, it's just it. Now it's just a, a, an open world where I guess I can just play around, which is cool, but, but like weird. <laughs> I, one of the weird things to me is that the progression is completely – and I kind of like this, though. The progression is completely – like it's so broad and scattered. There's like no focus here. It's broad and scattered, but it's completely up to you. Like as far as going to the arcs and unlocking the weapons or the powers or, or just leveling up one of the, the, the three characters or just working on your car. Like I like how for a game that's broad and scattered – it's letting me choose what things to work on and how much to hit certain aspects of the game. Uh, so I do like that about it, um, even though I don't feel that much of a pull to go forward. Like like you said, I kind of feel like I've seen everything now. Uh, there's a couple weapons I haven't seen yet, but I'm not sure there'd be any point even using them. Like, I've got all the tools I need in my toolbox. Uh, what good is a sniper rifle going to be at this point? Um I, I will say this: I I do love uh, I do love the, the old school. Uh, you get to carry fifty weapons at once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, now, are you so being facetious, glad. or you really do like that? <laughs> I was. Oh, I love it. I opened that up and I saw it and I thought, oh, this is amazing. This is so good. Back to the old school. Like what? Ah, I want to use the rocket launcher. Sweet. I'll pull it off my back. Apparently. <laughs> See my my. My issue with that, though, is it could force different interesting choices if you had to pick – like if you had to go to your base and then pick which, I don't know, three weapons to use. Um, and I guess maybe that would even make it – it would probably marginalize even more the other weapons, I guess. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, I was going to say I would just I would just stick with the assault rifle the whole time then. 
I would what never if, use anything else. <laughs> what, my favorite too, okay, yeah. let me float this. What if if you used a weapon too much, it broke, so and and you had to give it to someone to fix it, and oh. they wouldn't fix it until you use the other weapons for a yeah. while. Yeah, how's that <laughs> going to go over with you, Nick? If I build that uh, into the game design, what do you think so, of that? Oh, uh, you know, one of my favorites <laughs> is breaking weapons. <laughs> oh my god! Not just breaking it. I'm going to break it and then I'm going to take it away from you until you've played with oh, the right. other weapons so for a while. So good. You know, you know what would be great? You should make it so they take the weapon. Right. I have to wait for it to get fixed, and now I have to escort the blacksmith across the map. <laughs> right. I like this, Nick. And if it dies, yeah. it's an insta fail, and you have to reload. Yeah. All right, I'm on yeah. this. Because it's a I'm stealth gonna... mission too. <laughs> you, have to, you have to break you know... it out of an enemy camp, and no one can see you. <laughs> What that reminds me of is like when when World of Warcraft was in its early closed betas. I, I uh, got one of those, and like I lo- I love that game. I played it forever, but like there was this mechanic that they added where the and, and they kept part of it. But the longer you were offline, the bigger experience or longer you had an experience bonus. But if the longer you played after that experience bonus was out, you would eventually go into experience debt. So that you got less experience for playing after a certain amount of time in a day. Wait, uh, what? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Is that a real thing? Like, yeah, yeah, in the beta it was. Yeah, you would go and, like, you would go to normal experience. And then, like, after an hour of normal experience, you'd go to, like, tired. And you would get, like, 5% less experience. And it would just keep going down. Oh, Jesus. The, the difference here, McMaster, is I think Blizzard learns from doing things poorly first, and I don't get the sense oh, that yes. Bethesda. Like, you look at some of the issues with Fallout 76, I, I think Bethesda learns things very slowly. <laughs> um, I think I think they were trying to make a different game. It was a big failure, so they were like, let's slap Fallout on it and get Todd Howard down here for a few days. Ta-da! <laughs> oh, for Fallout, you mean. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, um, so, I'm pretty sure that's 76, yeah. With Rage 2, though, you, you mentioned stealth. I do appreciate, you know, I said before it, it sort of lacks focus in terms of the progression, but I do appreciate, you know, they didn't they didn't add stealth in here. Uh, like, it, it, it is pretty much just balls to the wall, go shoot a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, uh, there's definitely no shelf. The first shot pops off, and that's it. Everyone's right. on you. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. Um, it's, uh, it, that's good. <laughs> now, let's talk, because it is Avalanche, and Avalanche's Just Cause 4 was kind of disappointing for various reasons. I love, I adore their Mad Max game, uh, but I miss some of the hearty... V- I feel like by having a broader focus, they're missing out. Mad Max was so good about wanting you to be a vehicle-based combat game, and you could get out every now and then and shoot something or do a little exploration level on foot, but it was mainly about getting your car and getting these really cool car chase battles. Like, it was yeah. so focused. Uh, and I... You know, I miss that in – I like some of the vehicle stuff in Rage 2, but it's just nowhere near – I'm going to be one of those guys who's like, I like Mad Max better. Like Mad Max was better when it comes to vehicle stuff than Rage 2 for me. Oh, just comparing the uh, the convoy battles is, yeah. is eye-opening. The, the convoy battles in Mad Max uh, felt like – uh, you know, the Road Warrior. Yeah. Uh, like it felt like a, a long, arduous battle, like a multi-level boss battle where you had to go through, you know, you had to pick off the different dudes, you had to pick off the hot spots, you had to get up there, you had to do certain, you know, you'd use your harpoon and use, you know, all the different ways to, to fight uh, the convoy in Mad Max. In Rage 2, well, you just 
go up to it and just start blasting away with yeah, your... shoot the weak points like you, you look for the orange part or i think it's blue in this game you just yeah. shoot the blue weak point and then the thing's hit points are eventually gone and yeah it's like the difference between the third act in a, of a movie and a boss battle in yeah. rage 2 they're boss battles but they felt like these dramatic climactic sequences in mad max yeah um yeah so i did miss it i missed it yeah um all right so uh rage 2 now i let me tell you guys now if you want those dramatic car battles, uh, and you've already played Mad Max, uh, the Avalanche Mad Max, let me tell you about a weird little indie game that I just found. And I have to write the name of this down because there's no way. It's, it's a super generic name. It's called Dark Future Blood Red States. That's oh, yeah. not real. Yep, totally real. Uh, it's, <laughs> and I think it's <laughs> actually from... ridiculous. It really does, doesn't it? Does, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he, he streamed it the other night, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, it doesn't have the word. It's it's strictly car battles, and there's nothing in that name that would make you think this no. is about cool car battles where cars shoot each other with guns on the road. Like, there's no word road or car in here. Dark future, blood red states. Nothing in that says anything to me about cool car battles. Like, I don't know. What, so me, I think it might it, be from a licensed thing. It might be from another game or something that was called because these folks did uh, an oh, adaptation yeah. of Ogre, uh, Chainsaw Warrior. Um, what else did they do? Oh, they did a game called Octoon Cthulhu, which wasn't very good, which is an XCOM Lovecraft thing. Uh, Wait, what? What's it called? Oh, Octoon Cthulhu. No, that's yep. not I real. Yep. Now, now I I remember hearing about that and thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome, and it it wasn't. Uh, but it it is. <laughs> It is from another licensed thing. Like, I think that's a tabletop or a RPG or miniatures thing, whatever. Octane Cthulhu is an existing property. They made a video game of it. I'm pretty sure. Certainly the case with Ogre, Steve Jackson's game, uh, Chainsaw Warrior. Oh, they did a game called Last Days of Old Earth. So it's, I really like Dark Future, and I'll tell you guys about uh, Dark Future in a minute. But I went to look up what other things they've done, and I was like, what is this Last Days of Old Earth? And I clicked on it and saw... Oh, I've played this thing. I've got two hours played time in this. What? Why do I not remember that? And the reason I don't remember it is it's a it's an adaptation of Vic Davis's Armageddon Empires, uh, which Armageddon Empires is my favorite Vic Davis game. It's kind of card based. It's done in that Adobe Air interface that Vic Davis worked in, so it's super clunky. But it's got a lot of character and all the different factions fighting in this apocalyptic wasteland feel very different. There's different resources, and there's building up on a map. So these guys took that basic pattern, and they made, using a modern 3D engine, a strategy game called Last Days of Old Earth. And believe it or not, it is jankier than the original Armageddon Empires. Like, it is, it is so, like, clunky, and there's a bunch of stuff, like, missing that they couldn't quite get in there. Uh, so if I, based on just the games that these guys have previously done, were looking at Dark Future, Blood Red States, I would not have very high hopes. But you actually then play Dark Future, Blood Red State. I'm just going to call it Dark Future. I'm going to not say that Blood Red States anymore stuff. That makes no sense. Uh, when you actually play Dark Future... Like, I really like what they've done here, and it's strictly car battles. You load up a game, you pick your car. At first, you only have – you don't have one to pick from. You've just got the one they give you, and you have a list of missions, and you choose a mission, and every single mission is your car driving down a road. 
and you're not steering, I mean, you can choose which lane to be in. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, your car goes straight down the road. When there's like twisting, turning roads, you automatically turn. There's someone else at the wheel, I guess. Uh, you don't have to drive your car. You just choose what lane you're in, when and which weapons to fire. Uh, and it's real time, but at any point you can hit the space bar. It doesn't quite pause, but for all per intents and purposes, it is paused. It's super, super slow-mo. And you can queue up orders. Uh, so in a way, it's kind of like FTL. Like it, It's like a turn-based car combat game. And every single mission is about driving down the road and other cars attack you. There are various tweaks. Sometimes you have to fight a boss car. Sometimes you have to escort an unarmed car. Uh, sometimes you have to clear through these certain checkpoints that block the road. And once you clear a certain number of them, you've beat the mission. So you want to go fast. Um, other times you have to kill a certain number of bad guys. But every single one of these missions is a battle, the battle from the end of Road Warrior. Where you're in your car, your car has some badass capabilities, and a bunch of bad guys swarm you, and unlike a lot of other car games where it feels weird, I mean, you might as well, in a lot of car games, like Twisted Metal, I remember playing Twisted Metal, never feeling like I was in a car. I always felt like I was playing some first-person shooter where when I moved forward, I would go super fast. And a lot of times, look, I just want to stop and pivot and shoot at things. Um, right. And I think that's an issue in car games, and these guys solved it by saying, well, you know what? You're always going forward, so everyone else is always going forward with you. So in a way, yeah, you kind of are all stopped together, and you can maybe speed up or slow down if you want to get them in front of you or behind you. But it, it just does an end run around this whole idea of me having to be the one who presses the accelerator and actually drives the car and steers it. Uh, it's gonna, it just assumes, look, we know you're going to stay on the road. Look, we know you're going to be driving forward. Um, so then it just creates these little tactical battles that you can pause and give orders to based on what car you've got, what weapons it's got, uh, how the armor is doing on any given side of your car. You know, if the armor gets blown away on your car, you can't repair it until the end of the mission. So you'll be playing for a little bit and you'll have to be careful about guys on your six because your rear armor might be destroyed. Um, you might have like special passives that you can use. But all of the stuff that I feel that makes a great car combat sequence that Mad Max does so well that Rage 2 it's kind of disappointing with this is that in a strategy game uh, so Dark Future Blood Red States uh, I heartily recommend the uh, I'm just looking at the screenshots of it uh, oh I should say yeah it's kind of retro graphics it is it is literally the, the Unity engine yeah, yeah but, I, but it I looked looks it up. good yeah, oh yeah like, yeah yeah no <laughs> Yeah, it's a cool game. Uh, yeah, I was interested when uh, I watched Tom play it. It's a really cool-looking game. Because the thing is, they just use the engine. Like, they're not doing any super long-distance... Like, if you look in the distance, it fogs out, and you can't see much. But you're not. You're never looking at the distance. You're looking at the cars around you. And the cars look cool, and it does a good job with them. <clears throat> does a good job with the interface. Like, when you hit the space bar to bring up a to sort of pause, it brings up all this information you can look at. And when you turn the space bar off, all that stuff is gone. You're just looking at the, the cars... And you eventually get to where you can just play in real time and use hotkeys to fire off your different powers. And then a little, a little button pops up to show the cooldown time for that power. And when you get used to a car and used to the pacing of the game, you can play it completely in real time without feeling overwhelmed or like you're missing anything. And if you are feeling over overwhelmed, just tap the space bar. And you're basically in a, in a, a turn-based uh, paused game. Uh, as far as the yeah. missions – oh, go ahead, McMaster. No, yeah, it was like watching her. It reminded me somewhat of like, uh, 
you know, like the Baldur's Gate games when you get into combat. Ah, sure. Like. Right. Yeah. You know, you can just kind of pause and issue your commands and everything. Now, of course, it's not a full pause, but it's plenty of time, it looks like, to. Well, it's worth pointing out, too, their pause even has, like, while you've got it paused, you can hold down a button to go at a slightly faster pause, and there's another button to slightly make that pause even faster. So you can play it in any degree, in, in various degrees of slow-mo, or you can unpause it. And I, I really do think there's not, like, there's enough there to give you stuff to do, but not enough to where you feel like, which I always felt like in Baldur's Gate, like, oh my god, I always have to constantly pause this to make things happen. Oh, right. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, that's totally... What was that game that came out? Um, Divine Divinity 2 or whatever, that that game? Well, that was turn-based, oh, Divinity yeah. Original 10, uh, yeah. Uh, wait, no, then. Never mind, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's the thing, is I, I really think it's hard when... Cause, uh, 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 Pillars of Eternity 2, didn't they just issue a patch to make it turn-based right. combat? They yeah, did. that's what I was thinking of, was and, Pillars of Eternity 2. And yeah. I think you have to build a game from the ground up to be one or the other. Like, I, I just... I, I, Divinity, I mean, I haven't seen how Pillars of Eternity did, but I always feel like when I'm playing a game that is turn-based... It, it needs to be turn-based. It can't be continuous time. And then, like like paradoxes games, for instance, like those have to be continuous time because sometimes you want to pause and you've got 20 little things you need to adjust. And then other times you need the game to just run on for 10 years. Uh, and so if if a paradox game were turn-based, it would just be insufferable wading through those 10 years of hitting next turn, next turn, next turn. Um, oh yeah, the Civ Six curse or the civilization. But even civilization, like the civilization games, they are kind of aware that they're turn-based, and that's one of the things they've tried to do. And I think it kind of bogs down the design sometimes. But they want to give you a different decision to make every turn. They want you to be making choices. And if if a paradox game, which is designed for continuous real time, like it's just not designed to give you an interesting thing to do every turn. So that's a, right. a real-time design. And it needs to be real-time. Civ is a turn-based design. It wouldn't work real-time. This, I feel, this uh, Dark Future game, is a real-time design. Um, so when you pause it and slow it down, because every now and then you might want to queue up some orders, uh, that, like that's, that's fine. But if it were to be just turn-based, like a turn-based Car Wars, for instance, right. uh, I don't think it would work nearly as well. Um, which is basically what the it's kind of is initially like the original game is uh, it's a games yeah it's a games workshop uh, car wars property. yeah yeah right right, right. And Steve it's, Jackson it's like car car wars but this is is dark future like based on yeah, that no. no I mean I was saying games workshop is owns dark future oh right right yes uh, and yeah it was uh yeah it was it's based on like kind of a car racing game system they developed okay. Right, right. And they kind of just threw them together. <laughs> well, one, is, one of the issues that uh, I think some folks might have with it is because every mission is pretty much you're, you're driving down the road and a bunch of cars swarm you and you fight them, uh, the AI can be really dumb. Like, for instance, during the escort missions, like, I don't think the AI knows, hey, I should pick on this escort car. Uh, like, so the cars just come out and they swarm you, and sometimes they get stuck on the geometry. Sometimes they're bumping into each other. Uh, but I feel like that's okay. Because anybody who's seen Road Warrior, the three guys that jump, 
Max at the beginning of Road Warrior are idiots. Like, they bang into each other's car, one of the dune buggies falls over, and the guy gets tricked into running into the dune buggy. Like, I think in a car combat game, the idea is you're the smart one, the other drivers are idiots. Uh, and so you can use that against them. So I feel like dumb AI works in a game like Dark Future. Uh, it's okay if other drivers are idiots, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all the uh, all the Mad Max movies have uh, have some lunkhead smashing his own car or truck into, you know, like his boss's car or truck. <laughs> I, I remember there's a bit in Mad Max in Road Warrior, and I've seen that movie like 20 times, where a dude in a motorcycle drives up next to the big tanker that they're fighting at the end. And I have no idea what he's doing, but he's in a motorcycle. He drives up alongside the tanker, and he reaches down towards one of the tanker's wheels and gets his hand caught in the tire. Yes. And he gets yanked off and pulled under the wheel. And I can never – I've seen that movie so many times. I have no idea what that guy thinks he's doing to reach what his hand down. What trying to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he, like, trying to unscrew a lug nut on the moving tire or something? <laughs> It just makes no I, sense, and it's just a, it's a classic. Yeah, there's idiots on the road who get killed in, in the Road Warrior movies. I'll just I'll just stick my uh, my arm into the spokes, right? And uh, it'll make the car flip, right? <laughs> well, even in, in Fury Road, when poor Nicholas Holt tries to jump onto the war rig, uh, and he he I, I think loses, like he he just trips and he falls, <laughs> like uh, those those guys in in Mad Max. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to be involved in a. Mad Max car chase, I guess, is where I'm going with this. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, so uh, that is Dark Future, Rage 2, and World War Z. Uh, these are all kind of post-apocalyptic, aren't they? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of a little, theme yeah. going on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back in two weeks with three more games. Um, any idea what you guys might be playing in the next couple of weeks? Anything on your radar? I am playing Layers of Fear 2. Wait, you mentioned that before. Why would you be playing a Layers Should we wait and hear about why you're playing a Layers of Fear game next time? Yeah. All right, that's weird. McMaster, are you playing anything that's weird that's going to surprise me? Uh, no, I've, just, I've been playing uh, Overwatch with Cathcart. Over oh, that's great, McMaster. Yeah, that's... that's what, what, McMaster, there are new, better <laughs> games out that you could be playing. Overwatch. Good lord. Like what? They got the you know, they got the new they got the reissue of the skins, man. You got to get the skins. I don't even know what you guys are on about. Damn uh, you, straight. You, like for instance, you could be playing Fortnite. I play that too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know the first Pathologic game? That that weird like. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a two, right? Yeah, two just came out today. So that's that's what yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what the heck is going on oh. there. Yeah. I might get that new Total War, right? Didn't that come out? Oh, yeah, yeah, and there's a China Total War. So I, I don't know that I can bring myself to do another Creative Assembly game. Like, I think I might have uh, gotten that out of my system. Yeah, I'm a little broken of it as well. Uh, I mean, Warhammer's great. Uh, but why do you I'm, need to, yeah, why do you need to play another Creative Assembly game after Total War Warhammer 2? Like, that should yeah. close the book on it, I, I kind of feel. I mean, yeah, let's be completely honest. Unless you're just a fan of the era or whatever, Warhammer 2 is... Uh, pretty complete game because <laughs> i can tell you i don't i don't know if this is a spoiler but i can tell you that total war is it called three kingdoms yeah total war three kingdoms will not have skaven or dragons oh. or uh right. those death chariots that mcmaster tried to bum rush me with when we played and i pwned him <laughs> or the, the, they won't have uh, giant wheels nope none of those as well uh mm. you might however i can say this uh, total war three kingdoms i'm pretty sure you'll get uh, cavalry infantry and archers 
Mm. So if those really do it for you, maybe Total War Three Kingdoms. Give that a shot. Yeah. So, well, anyway, we'll see what we play in two weeks. We'll be back to talk to you guys then. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Nick Diamond and Jason McMaster, and we'll all see you guys in two weeks. Cheers. (laughs) 